Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Today, I want to talk about faith. And do we live in faith or are we living in fear? A lot of the narratives today are promoting fear and deception. And uh, God has not created us to live in fear. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we need to take hold of that. And we even sang about it today that we're, not, we're no longer slaves to fear. So let's not live in fear, but let's walk in faith. I started to call this series God's F-Words, <laughs> but I kind of got talked down from that. Uh, but we'll be looking at biblical truths, and all these topics begin with the letter F, so that's why... Uh, I was thinking about that. So I decided to change the title of the series to From Lie to Life. And if you think about those two words, the only difference between lie and life is the F. And so we'll be talking about God's F words uh, that are life-changing through this series the next few weeks. And so I want to talk about faith. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, if you haven't read that in a while... And by the way, uh, how many of you have the YouVersion app on your phone? And you can be following along, along with the notes and everything, and you can go back and read the scriptures and the points throughout the week. So if you don't have the YouVersion uh, app, get that, and then you go to the three dots, you click on More, and you find Events, and you find Life Fellowship, and there you'll find the notes and uh, scriptures from today. But in, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it talks about the heroes of the faith. And what we see in that list of, of heroes are people that are in many ways like us. They're just regular people. Uh, some of them probably had lifestyles that were even worse than ours. You think about pro, uh, Rahab was a prostitute, and she's listed with those in the heroes of faith. And so I thought about this this morning. Our failures do not determine our future. And, and Paul says, forget those things in the past, press on toward the mark or the goal or the prize. Because how many times do we get caught up in thinking about our past and the things that we've done and we beat ourselves up, we beat up other people because of the past. But Jesus came to set us free. And we know that when we come to him, he washes away all of those sins and we're a new creation and as we stumble and fall and we make mistakes, we go back to the throne of grace and we say, Lord God, forgive me. And, and we're forgiven. And so we don't have to live in the past and in the place that we once were maybe, but we can be living in God's purpose and plan for our future. And we know that he's given us a good future and a hope. Hebrews eleven six says, and it is impossible, say impossible. impossible, it is impossible to please God without faith. And you think about it, we come into this relationship with God based on faith. 
because we can't see him, we can't touch him. And he continues in, in verse 6, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Amen. And when I read that, I'm like, duh. <laughs> How can we come to him unless we believe that he exists? And verse 6 continues, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I think we forget that part. We must remember that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. We're not seeking after the prize. We're seeking after him, and as a result, we get the prize, which is really him. But he blesses us. And we've talked about this so many times, that blessings follow obedience. And I'm not talking about a prosperity message here. I'm talking about life and peace and joy and strength and help when we need some help. The, difference, the differences between believing a lie and living the abundant life are found through our relationship with Christ and through implementing biblical truths. Because it begins with this relationship with him, but he's given us his, his word. How many times do we see in the Bible, if you, I will? There are conditions there. And it's not about performing. It's about his grace in our lives. And when we, when we choose to follow and obey him, his word, the blessings come to us because he's a good, good father. He loves us. He cares about us. Just like we care about people we love. If somebody has, has a needle in their arm, they probably need somebody to say, hey, stop. I love you enough to tell you to stop. How can I help you? There's rehab available. There's prayer. There's people that can help you. But the key is that we have Jesus the center of our lives. Not just talk about him or say we know who he is, but that he really is resident in our hearts and lives. One of the things I've said over the past couple of weeks is the spiritual realm impacts the physical, and the physical realm impacts the spiritual. And so when we hear from the Lord and we choose to obey and follow him, not legalistically or, or ritualistically, but relational, it has an impact on our physical life, and then our physical life impacts the spiritual. As we begin to have a burden for people, and we begin to pray for them, and we begin to love on them, it has an impact in their lives where maybe they turn to the Lord. Maybe they need some peace, some solace, some love, somebody to, to help them. So my first point this morning is faith requires belief. When you walked in here this morning, you probably weren't tentative in walking in thinking, I wonder if this slab is going to support me. When you sat in the chair, you probably didn't check it out to say, I wonder if this chair is going to hold me. Hopefully, when you go start your car today, you'll turn the ignition and it will start. I don't see anybody going... Okay, that, that breath was good. Okay, the, the air's okay. It's 78% nitrogen and 21% oxygen. It's okay to breathe. But do we have faith in God? And faith comes 
from having this relationship and having a history with him, just like you have in your regular relationships. There are some people you trust with your life because you have a history with them and you've seen how faithful, how dependable, how loyal they are. And then there may be other people that are like, I'm not sure because of this history and what I've seen. And so we have a history with the Lord as we grow in this relationship and we know that we can depend on him. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I'm going to read this in three different versions. We normally teach out of the New Living Translation, so I'm going to read that first. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is the evidence of things we hope for, but the things we cannot see. If we can see it, then we really don't need faith to believe it. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking that, uh, you know, uh, recently somebody was telling me that they were looking for a job. And uh, they had faith. They were like, I know I'm going to get this job. I know it's going to work out. And they got this job. And uh, they were told they were going to make this certain salary. And then when they got to the job place... They found out that they weren't getting the salary they were told. They're getting a 33% increase on top of that. And then I found out this morning that the people they're working with are Christian. And so, you know, this person had great faith. They had faith. They're like, I know God's going to do it. I know he's going to work it out. And God will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. But it takes faith. It takes believing God. It takes believing His Word and knowing that He is more than able and that we are no longer slaves to fear. Jesus didn't create us to live in fear, but to walk in liberty and freedom. Imagine... Get this picture in your mind that you're bound up in prison somewhere. And then the gates are opened and you're set free. Jesus came to set us free. The enemy wants to bind us up. The enemy wants us to believe the lies that we're worthless, that we'll never be forgiven, that God's not real, whatever it may be. But Jesus came to give us life. And life is found many times through some of these F words that we'll be talking about through this series. I was thinking about faith, and I was thinking about forgiveness. How do we know that we're really forgiven? When we've done something and we come to the Lord, well, we know in faith. I was thinking about this relationship with Jesus. I know of a a few people, a very few people that have had a personal encounter with Jesus on this earth. But most of us have never seen him. But we have the Holy Spirit resident within us that brings confirmation that we have this relationship with the Lord. As we pray, as we read his word, as we spend time meditating, many times we hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, not in an audible voice, but in our spirit. And so we, the Holy Spirit is confirmation to us that we have this relationship. And then again, as we have longevity of this relationship, we see God's hand in our lives, not just through 
physical things like someone getting a job and, and, and our, our the blessings of God that, that fall upon us or, or whatever those things may look like, but we, we have the evidence of the confirmation of the Holy Spirit in our lives and then we can see it in the physical too. So the spiritual impacts the physical, the physical impacts the spiritual many times. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the New American Standard Bible says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So I like this word assurance. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for. Lord God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know that you will. I don't know how you're going to provide this job for me. Because I thought I was going to get this one, and I really hoped I would, but you know what? I didn't get that. So, God, you have something better for me. And then we see the evidence of it coming to pass. What does that do? That builds our faith. That builds our trust in God. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the New King James Version, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So faith is important. Uh, Paul quotes from Joel 2.32 and verse 13 of Romans 10. We'll be going to Romans 10.13 through 17. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God is not hiding somewhere where he's hard to find. He's like saying, just call on me. Just give your heart to me. Just come to me. And you'll be saved. But, but when we look at this scripture, we see that there's choice here. God didn't make us as robots, but he gave us a free will and choice. And he says, everyone who calls upon me. And there are people that probably don't believe that they need God. Maybe they will never call upon him. Or maybe they will because people like us are praying for them. That they will have an encounter with Jesus. That they'll come to know him not as some religious, legalistic entity, but as a personal God. As, as Al talked about today, that it's about this relationship. I was listening to a guy on the radio the other day, and he was talking about atheists, people that don't believe in God. And he said he likes to tell them without God, there would be no atheist. <laughs> How can you not believe in something that isn't real? I, you know, anyway. Okay. Let's move on here. Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How many people have heard about Jesus but don't believe in him? I think that there are a lot of people maybe that fall into that category. Verse 14 continues, and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Verse 15 in Romans 10, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So when I look at these scriptures backwards, someone is sent, someone tells them, and they hear about him, and then they believe in him, hopefully. But we know you, all of us, should be reaching out and sharing this hope and good news of Christ with others. You know, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, one of the 
final things Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teach these new disciples to, to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. So Jesus has given us a commission, a mandate to go and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. Romans 10, 15, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? You know, one of the greatest ways to reach out to people is through your personal testimony. Just share with them what God has done in your heart and in your life. Because listen, we should have a testimony if we say we have a relationship with him. There should be examples of where I prayed for a job and God gave me a job that was better than I could have ever ever hoped for or ever thought it would be. Whatever those things look like, those are powerful tools that the enemy wants to uh, discredit or cause us not to be, uh, or cause us to be fearful to say anything. Oh, I don't want to say anything. They might be offended. Well, it might be a life-changing event for them where maybe they begin to think about their relationship with the Lord. <laughs> you know the story where I was working in the lab and this contract employee came up and talked to a regular employee. That was almost a no-no right there. And he said, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. That incident was the catalyst for a changed life my life. And so when we have these testimonies, when we have these encounters where God encounters, where God is maybe sending someone to speak into our life to bring life and hope and encouragement and strength and love, it's life-changing. And so your testimony can very well be life-changing for someone else that needs to hear your story because maybe they don't have a story, or maybe they've lost hope. Demons know God exists. Just believing God exists does not qualify anyone as a believer in Christ or as a disciple of Christ. Well, I believe in God. Okay, well, great. That's good. Do you have a relationship with Him? <laughs> That's really more important. Romans 10, 15, And how will anyone go and tell them, without being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We get to bring the good news. We have, uh, we are making an impact in our community by sharing the hope and the love of Christ. Not only in our community, but across the globe. I, I didn't, uh, asked to get a report on this, but I was just thinking in my mind about this church. I was thinking about you guys and the generosity. And over the years, I would say we've, we have invested at least, at least, and probably more than that, uh, about over $200,000 in sharing the hope and the love of Christ with people most of whom we don't know. In our community, you know that we have the, the sunrise service at the Chemo Boardwalk every year, and sometimes we have funded that completely on our own. That's like $3,500. Uh, 
But it's because God is blessing us. And then we are, have the heart of God to go and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. And we support every month, every month, every month, every month, we send $1,000 to the work in Israel, to, to ministries there that are bringing the hope and the love of Christ to the Jews and supporting works in India, in Africa, and other places across the globe that is not even mentioned because it is too dangerous to even talk about going to those places and ministering and sharing the hope of love and the love of Christ. We're, we, we help train up and equip other pastors that then can go and train others. And because of your, our faithfulness and giving, we're able to do these things. And the rewards are eternal. The, the rewards are life-changing for those people. So how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We may not physically be going to Africa, but we're supporting people on the ground there that are bringing the hope and the love of Christ and seeing great results. Paul quotes Isaiah in Romans 10, 16. He says, but not everyone who... Not, but not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Christ is the message. And it's, it should be the desire of in our hearts to share the hope with other people. So my first point this morning is faith requires belief. My second point is faith demonstrates our belief. Sensitivity to the, the Holy Spirit and then acting or then responding or then doing what the Holy Spirit asks us to do is a demonstration of our faith. Faith in God says, I believe and I trust you. So this relationship with Christ is key to that, and the longevity of our relationship with him is important because we trust him and we see how he's worked and moved in our lives. Just like a person can believe God exists and not have a relationship with him, a person can receive direction from the Holy Spirit and choose not to listen or obey. Belief and stepping out in faith many times is our part. I've shared numerous stories with you about stepping out in faith, and uh, you, you hopefully, I know you have your own stories about where God will, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to us, and it requires a step of faith. I've shared with you about some of my situations where. A job was created for me while there was a hiring freeze. A job was created, and the site director said, I want to hire Mark Johnson of the dozens of people that he could have said he wanted to hire. But God is wanting to give us supernatural blessings and favor. And when we walk with him, we can walk in that zone of having favor There's a scripture that says, 
The heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord, and he turns it as he desires. So even if your boss doesn't like you, you can still get promoted. Even if your boss doesn't really like you, you can still get a pay raise. It doesn't matter because he is king. (laughs) And when we're walking in that favor and the blessings of God, and I'm not just talking financial or any of that. I'm I'm talking about just the the whole enchilada here. Peace, strength, encouragement, whatever we need. But we need to understand that God really does love us. And the word says, if he be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is teaching on some of, the, uh, some of the spiritual gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 9. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. So my first point is faith requires belief. My second point is faith demonstrates our belief. The third point this morning is faith is demonstrated through action by God or us. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how God partners with us because he could do it. He spoke everything into existence. Does he really need us to go and do something? No, but he, by his desire to to work through our lives, he has us go and and do his work for him, to go and pray for someone. And and then we are the recipients of seeing the blessings of that manifest in other people's lives. When we give, the Bible says that the streets of heaven are paved with gold. God could just give money to the Africans and the people in India, but what does he do? He blesses us so that we can be a blessing, so we get to partake in what he's doing in the earth as we're supporting these different ministries and they're going in and they're sharing the hope and the love of Christ and people are coming into this relationship with him. We get to be a part of that. It talks about here in the scripture uh, great faith. And I believe that great faith is initiated by God. Now, we all need to have faith. We're talking about faith today, all right? So you had faith to sit in the chair today. You have faith to walk into this building, whatever that may be. And then we also have faith that when we pray that God hears from heaven. But I think that there's great faith. And that's where the Lord is speaking. And I'm watching the Lord do it. Kind of like the situation where this person just got this job. They say they were praying, okay, Lord, I want this job, but you've got to work it out. And I've shared this story with you before um, several times where I got into my, uh, what was it, a 1977 Chevy pickup truck, three-speed on the column, rusted out floor, (laughs) no air conditioner, no heater. (laughs) And I came out of a praise and worship rehearsal one night, and I got in my truck. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for this truck but I want a new truck. And it was at that moment, I cannot explain it because this has not happened to me very often, but I knew it was going to happen. It was like, I think that's this demonstration of great faith where you just know it's going to happen. And I had no idea how it was going to happen. So I didn't have the money to go, go buy a new truck. 
but God placed it on somebody's heart. And they contacted me and they said, hey, you know, I feel like the Lord is, is telling me to buy you a new truck. Okay, so this was great faith. I had no idea how it would happen. And then I shared the story with you again, and these, these two examples happen to be relating to vehicles. Uh, my wife said she wanted a new car. She wanted a Cadillac. And somebody came and said, I feel impressed to buy you a new Cadillac. <laughs> they didn't know. Only God can do those kinds of things. But here's my point. My point is that sometimes God will give us great faith because logically, rationally, there's no way it can happen. And it could be something that we hadn't even thought about. But God will give us this great faith. But we also demonstrate faith. There are times when the Lord is speaking to us and it requires us to step out in faith that we begin to position ourselves to receive. When, when the landlord went up on our rent a couple of years ago, we began looking for a building and land because we knew that we needed to move out. And God had been speaking to me that we needed to look for some land. And so... I didn't just go sit somewhere and say, okay, where's the land at, Lord? I contacted a realtor, and, uh, and he got to looking, and, and we found this, this piece of property that we, we now are buying. And I didn't know at the time that in 2023, they planned to be building like a thousand homes right in our area. I found out later after we purchased the property that they've been planning to build a subdivision for like 40 years. I didn't know until I got the contract that we were conveyed part of the mineral rights to an active well right adjacent to our property that now pays like 80% of our mortgage. That's what I'm talking about, how God will move when, when we're not even thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about mineral rights. And here's, a, here's some other things. When, when I talked to the realtor, the selling realtor, he said, well, you need a letter of commitment. So... I called the banker up, and I had a letter of commitment in like two hours. I was thinking it's going to take several days. There were other people that were looking at that property. That property had just been reduced by 25%. And I, I didn't know that we were going to be conveyed the mineral rights. I'm, mineral rights. Who, who can plan for those kinds of things? And the Lord orchestrated this, but... It required me stepping out in faith. As I was praying about it, I said, Lord, is this the property for us? Because it was expensive. It was a lot of money, you know. And what I felt like the Holy Spirit said is, if you don't buy this, you're going to regret it. And so I jumped on it. <laughs> I jumped on it really quickly. And now I see some of the property around us is five or six times per acre what we paid and it's going to go up <laughs> it's only going up 
And we're positioned in a place that is positioned for tremendous growth. Not, not just a thousand homes that are going to be built around us, but other subdivisions are moving that direction. There's a brand new intermediate school close by, two other schools close by. Why would God open up this 13 acres for us? Because He has a purpose and a plan. And we were willing to step out in faith. It didn't make logical sense that we would buy 13 acres. It didn't make logical sense that we would have oil royalties that would be paying 80% of our mortgage. See, faith doesn't make sense many times to us in our brains. But God's word says his thoughts are nothing like our thoughts. And his ways are far beyond our ways. And so when we trust in him, we're connecting with him, and he has greater insight than us many times, but he can begin to give us little pieces of insight. He doesn't always give us the whole picture. Just go by the land. How are we going to build a building? Don't worry about that. Faith. Taking action. And stepping out in faith. Sometimes the word, the Lord will give me a prophetic word. Sometimes on Sunday morning, you may not know it, but you're hearing a prophetic word. And I've shared some prophetic words with you that the Lord has given us the last four years. But we're in a reset. The world as we know it will soon come to an end in 2020. Prepare. The Lord is coming again. Are we ready? And so sometimes the Lord is speaking to us prophetically, not just so that we have this confirmation of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, but he's speaking to us for a reason. There are times when God speaks to me about certain people, some of you. <laughs> Maybe that I, something I need to be praying for in your life because God's heart is for people. And God uses people to touch the hearts of, of other people that he loves. And so God will lead us and guide us to pray for people. Intervene on their half, pick them up and give them a call and, and maybe give, it, give us a prophetic word of something that we don't know it's going to happen that God is giving us insight to. Sometimes God will work through our lives and we'll be praying for someone and they'll be healed. I remember being in India. Pastor Don was, we were with Pastor Don and his team. And so we were there to support them. In this, here in India, and there were, I don't know, probably several thousand people at this meeting. And I was standing there, and this guy comes up and he said, Would you pray for me? And I said, Yes, what do you need prayer for? And he'd been standing beside a bus uh, some years back, and a car hit him and hit the bus. It messed up his head, it gave him internal injuries and, and his leg. And, uh, he said, will you pray for me? And I said, yes, of course. So I began to pray for him. There was no lightning and thunder. And I received some emails from this guy later, and he said, God completely healed me. So God will do those kinds of things where the spiritual impacts the physical 
in the physical, that testimony that he has now can impact the spiritual as he tells his testimony. Now, we pray for people, and we've seen people healed. Not everyone that we pray for has been healed that we can tell. But it doesn't change the fact that we still continue to pray in faith and believe because we know God can do it. But it's him that heals, not us. We're just the conduit. We're just the vessel to step out in faith, and then it's up to him to do what he wants to do. Sometimes God will give us words of knowledge where we have understanding. Have you ever had a relationship or a situation and you don't know what's going on? You're like, what is going on? And maybe the Lord begins to give you some insight into what's happening. Maybe in that person's life or in the company, what's going on with the company or the situation or the the neighborhood or your neighbor or whatever that may be. And so this faith is connected, directly correlated to our relationship with God and hearing him speak to us through his word, through prayer. Maybe, maybe he's using somebody else to speak into our life and we get insight or we get what we need because God is speaking through them to give us a message. Or maybe he gives it to us directly. Let's go to James chapter 2, verse 18 through 20 and verse 26. I love James. He's just, he's just so right on. He says, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. In other words, James is saying, I go out and live it. I live this thing out because I'm connected to the source. And the source wants to do good things through our lives. But he's looking for people that he can trust. He's looking for people that will obey. And do what he's asked them to do. He's looking for people with integrity. He's looking for people that have a relationship with him. He's not looking for perfect people. In the hall of faith, Rahab, a harlot. But she hid the Jewish uh, uh, guys that were scoping out the promised land. So God will use broken, messed up people. God can fix broken and messed up people. Your your past doesn't determine your future or your destiny. God has a destiny for all of us. And it's not just that we get to heaven. Okay, that's part of it. But what about now? (laughs) What about the lives around you that need some hope? Need some love. Need some encouragement. Need some Jesus. Need some prayer. James says in 2.18, I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God? Good for you. (laughs) Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Talk to people, well, I believe in God. Well, that's great. So do the demons. Do you have a relationship with him? How foolish, James goes on to write. Can't you see faith without good deeds is useless? Skip down to verse 26 in James 2. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. If we say we're people of faith, if we say that we have a relationship with Christ, 
there should be some evidence in our lives. Hebrews, uh, let's go back to Hebrews 11.6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith requires belief. Faith demonstrates your belief. Faith is demonstrated through action by God for us. Let's be known as people of great faith, demonstrated by great love and walking in great power. God has given us dominion, authority, power. This word power in in the scripture many times is dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. God has given us great dynamite power to live in victory and to touch the lives of the people that he so desperately loves and cares about, which is all people, all of us. When God looks down and sees us, Does he see people of great faith? Does he see people that he can pour through? Does he see people that have his heart that really, really loves other people and wants to see them come into this relationship with him? It begins with us having a relationship with him.